Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Before we get started with the show, I want to thank our friends and sponsors over at PrimeXPT, where many of our listeners have already signed up to trade by visiting theburbnest.com slash PrimeXPT. PrimeXPT is the most powerful trading platform offering immediate access to over 30 assets. Users may trade cryptocurrencies, Forex, commodities, stock indices, and much more, all from a single Bitcoin-settled account. Ferrum Network is an interoperable DeFi ecosystem offering token presales, staking as a service, project incubation, and much more. Visit theburpness.com slash Ferrum. OnReach is a DeFi 2.0 toolkit for a safer, simpler, and stable DeFi experience. Learn more at theburbness.com slash onreach. And now for the show. What The Nest Show is. This is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto and forex-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in The Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hey guys, welcome to The Nest Show. And today I am joined by Lips42, my fellow team member in the Burp Nest. Hey Lips, how are you doing? What's up, man? I'm all good. I'm all good. Nice. Nice. And I'm glad to finally have you on the show and learn a little bit more about your trading. Um, I've known it's you been a while. for... Been a while. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to join, but you know, it's uh, I think first time I tried um, about a year ago, actually, I think. And uh, yeah, uh, after that, it hasn't really been, 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 been time, but now I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready to do the podcast. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your trading journey and how you became a crypto trader yeah absolutely so i think it was summer summer you know the the great summer of 2017 if you were around at that time you uh you would probably understand what i'm talking about right so a, a co-worker um started talking about bitcoin and i know a little bit about bitcoin since before um and he kind of showed me the chart of bitcoin and he told me how he had a friend who in, he invested in bitcoin and ethereum and made you know a, a bunch of money so obviously i got interested i went on the coinbase bought some bitcoin and um i saw that there's this thing called ethereum and some other coins and i i i remember reading about bitcoin back in 2011 or 12 and um you know i i really you know like the idea but i never really invested or you know put a lot of effort into learning what it actually was but when he introduced me to bitcoin in 2017 i kind of remembered remembered about bitcoin and i'm like all right so this is the time to invest right and uh I went on the Coinbase and I saw this, you know, the, the, these other coins, the all coins. And when I first got introduced Bitcoin back in, you know, 2011 or 12, we didn't really have any all coins, I think, at least. And um, so that was a completely new thing for me, right? So I started just buying a bunch of all coins, and he then introduced me to Bit Bitrex, right? <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, <cool>. so. <laughs> 
I saw that the, the, the Ethereum that I bought in the summer of 2017 quickly doubled my money, right? So I think I invested like only 500 bucks or something like that, and that quickly doubled. So I'm like, well, this is, this is easy, right? So let's go on to Bittrex and let's just buy everything, right? So my strategy was that everything, everything that went up on Bittrex, I was going to go all in on, right? So everything that, you know, you had that list on, on, um, on Bittrex with all the coins. And as soon as I saw something that started pumping, I just went all in on that coin. And uh, that was actually extremely profitable. Um, it was just insane. I remember just buying everything and I just held it like there's no tomorrow. And, you know, insanely enough, I made a lot of money doing that, right? So the bull market really went in full force. I can't re really remember when. I think, was that, you know, maybe end of 2017 or something like that? The, the altcoin rallies just really started running. And I had a lot, of, a lot of bags, a lot of bags, right? And everything basically pumped. So I remember, you know, those were really, really insane days for anyone who was in the market at that time, I think everyone remembers wh when you looked at your blockfolio, right? And <laughs> the, the percentage of, of return under such a short period of time was just insane. I remember waking up in the middle of the night to check blockfolio and literally just sweating and, and thinking that, all right, so I'm most likely going to become a millionaire in not that long, right? So that was my... That was my introduction to crypto and uh, I was hooked because of the fact that, you know, the, the, the money being made in, in, uh, in that bull run was just insane. And then um, the crash came, right? So my mentality was to hold as much crypto as possible for as long as possible. And that would, you know, give me financial freedom because that was what everyone told me on crypto Twitter, right? And I 100% believed them. <laughs> so I held everything. <laughs> I held everything, right? And uh, God, I can't like I remember just the euphoria, like the total euphoria. I also remember all of a sudden everybody started talking about Bitcoin. Everyone started talking about Bitcoin. And uh, celebrities started tweeting about Bitcoin. I remember very vividly when Katy Perry posted on Instagram a picture of her fingernails with, you know, painted in different altcoin icons. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, this is, this is it, right? Now we're going to, you know, a million dollar per Bitcoin. This is it, right? And, and that was actually the start of the top, right? That was actually the start of the crash. And uh, so we had that crash at around the uh, 20k. I think we went straight straight down to uh, I, I can't remember. Maybe straight down to 15 or even you know 10k or something like that. We we had a massive massive drop. Did you know the first drop from from 20k? I think we went down to like 10k or something like that. Then we bounced again up to the you know 15 to 18k area or something like that. So I, I just held and I, I I thought that you know we we. We crashed at 20k. We bounced at 10k again, and and that was the that was it, right? So I just continued to to hold everything, and I quickly realized that the 
the huddle mentality might not be the best way to uh, secure gains, right? So um, quite quickly, I pretty much lost all the you know unrealized gains, obviously. So that's when I started looking into TA because I I understood that this might happen once again and next time it happens I want to be ready so I want to know what type of technical analysis do I need to learn to be able to predict the the top and you know try to predict the bottom or something like that right because I had you know I, I had such I mean I get so hooked into crypto when that major bull run first started. So I, I kind of there and then decided that this is what I want to be involved in for the rest of my life, pretty much. Because I did read, you know, the Bitcoin white paper. I really dive, you know, dive deep into the whole fundamentals of Bitcoin, and I fell in love, you know, on, on a fundamental ideology basis right because i really did believe that bitcoin had the power to change the the world basically and, and really transform the whole financial uh, market and kind of give give back the, the the power of owning your own money to the people right so i found something here that could make me money and if i learned ta and learned how to trade i could maybe potentially make a living trading something that I deeply personally believed might change the world for the better. So it was kind of like the, the best of two worlds, right? And I think that that um, personal kind of conviction in this te technology made me really kind of become obsessed with the fact that I wanted to learn TA and I wanted to kind of like spend my rest, you know, spend rest of my life is trading so over the course of um, i think one year from uh, end of 2017 to uh, 2018 i probably spent all my free time looking at charts right i went onto youtube just you know searching for everything that i could find and uh, especially crypto credit you, you you probably know about him right yeah, he has some great content. Yeah, so I really, really loved his stuff. And uh, I got really hooked on the idea of you know, trying to keep it as simple as possible. So I focused on only on trying to find decent horizontal levels, right? And uh, only kind of trading off the horizontal levels. And that worked you know, surprisingly well, actually. For, for quite some time. And uh, you know, then I kind of slowly started adding things to, uh, to that very simple strategy. And, and that simple strategy from the beginning was basically, you know, trade the trend and look for, if it's an uptrend, look for a resistance to break to the upside and then long the rounded retest and the first retest of that resistance up to the next resistance above. Very simple and works just surprisingly well. And I believe that that strategy is probably at the basis of you know, 95% of all systems, systems out there, right? Yeah. So 
Yeah, I think that that's that kind of covers the the beginning of my trading journey, and everything really started for real when because you got to understand that I I basically I basically started from nothing, right? I you know I had a pretty shitty life before before that time when I got introduced to Bitcoin, so I. I was basically homeless before, right? So I had basically nothing. I was just a, you know, basically a drug addict. And I lost my, kind of lost everything in um, 2015. And uh, I was living in Stockholm and, you know, the capital of Sweden. And um, so I had to, yeah, I lost everything. I had to move to a smaller town. I had to move in with my, my dad for a couple of months and I got sober, kind of started to get back on track. And uh, that's when I got a job in, in um, healthcare, the healthcare industry, where my coworker then introduced me to, uh, to Bitcoin around the beginning of, of 2017, I believe. So um, I really, I think that my obsession obsession with with crypto and my when i decided to really learn ta i think that really has really really helped me to transform into the 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 person i am today right because to be a to be a good trader you really need to be a disciplined calm person and you need to follow very strict set of rules to be able to succeed as a trader and you need to be you need to take care of your you know mental and physical health to be able to perform at your best at any time right because as a trader you you don't have anyone to you know lean back on anything anything like that you know it's just you in the market and anything you do in the market will reflect on your pnl so if you if, if, if you're not on top when trading you're going to see that in your your pnl right so i think the the uh the fact that you had to really, really evolve that kind of way as as a person and as a human being to be able to trade successfully really helped me to get back on track and and to learn to live a a normal and healthy life, right? So, I there was a lot of times in my trading career when I decided to learn TA. There was a lot of times when I kind of gave up, right? or I wanted to give up, but I had that feeling that well, I was, I was just so close, right? I was just so close. Um, and then all of a sudden I started seeing my win rate go up and I started seeing my returns go up and I actually started making money. And I think it took about one, one or two years of extensively studying the shots, right? Every day. I mean, maybe maybe five hours a day just staring at the shots looking at levels and, and trying to figure out what to trade and this was when also having a job right so uh, a lot of time was spent on the shots and uh, then slowly but surely i started to become profitable but the real big change was when i was on crypto right and i saw this post from somebody called crypto burb and uh it was an application to uh, join a trading community, which is the Burbnest, obviously. So I um, applied to join, 
And uh, I went through a very, very long process. I think it was six months or, or almost, right? Yeah, it, it, um, from what I remember, it, I think we started in September and somewhere in January, we, uh, we were finished and were official team members. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, yeah, it was six months of that process and uh, finally I got accepted into the team. And honestly, the from that time, uh, being a member in the team has increased my trading, I mean, significantly. And I've, I've learned so many different things from not only from you guys in the team, but also the members, right? It's, it's just such a nice community where you have... I mean, you, you have such a, a positive vibe and, and everyone wants to be part of the that winning winning mentality and that winning attitude where uh, everything's possible, right? So just being around around all the positivity and the positivity in the team and with the members, I, I quickly grew as not only as a person, but as a trader significantly. I mean, I um, improved my TA game a lot and um, the profitability kind of skyrocketed really so i think i went from you know i had a a before i think i had like a 40 percent win rate and um, maybe somewhere between i think two um you know, somewhere somewhere around three r with a four percent win rate so not 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 that good right but i had some big winners which you know so so the average are uh, around three and, and win rate 40 and after we you know after uh joining the team i i slowly but surely started to increase that win rate to about 60 percent and the and the same win rate so now i'm uh, much more profitable because obviously having a 60 percent win rate and a above three r in average r that's uh, way 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 better than a four percent win rate and a three r if you look at the the bigger picture obviously so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that kind of covers my trading journey. <laughs> wow, what what an amazing story! And I, I didn't want to interrupt you uh, because it's uh, it's such an amazing story, and it's it's good to hear that um, you finally managed to to turn your life around, and trading actually helped you structure your life better. And these stories. I like these stories much better than people showing off their Lamborghinis because you're changing yourself and the um, environment around you for the better and you're growing together and you're growing as a person. And that's, I think, where the real riches come from. It's good that you can also make some profit on the way and try to get financial freedom. Uh, but uh, if you're still a shady person, <laughs> you know, you can have money, but um, you're still a shitty person. So um, that's, you know, from my experience, you're definitely not that person. I, I, I've seen you grow. I, I know where you come from. And it, it, it's such a beautiful story in how you, you worked your way out of that and used um, your trading, your, your structuring of your work uh, to become a, a better person and luckily you made profit on the way so uh, yeah just nah. like you say i mean the, the the profits that i made over the years is not my my main my main focus here obviously i'd like my main focus is 
making enough money to be able to live live a decent decent life right a, a life where i don't have to worry about you know simple things like i don't have to worry about you know having you know food on the table shit like that right and being able to give give you know give my kids the the um uh the, the the life that i never had right so i'm not looking to become filthy rich i'm i'm looking for you know i'm i'm my goal is to live a life where me and my family can be happy and to be able to you know in a situation like this where you have the the covid situation to be able to go down into my basement so i re- redecorated my my uh, basement to build a, a trading room down here just to be able to go down and work from home and uh, just make money from home just by i mean it's crazy i'm just looking at a chart and i'm going long or short and i'm making money and it's like i, I it's it's just insane it's just insane and to be able to do that in a time like this is just absolutely fantastic fantastic i I I have one one story I really want to to share. Um, yeah, go ahead. So I was kind of thinking if I wanted to share this story or not, but yeah, whatever. I'm 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 I will, and it's pretty it's a pretty crazy story. So back in my or right, so my, my old life, let's call it that. There's this or there was this marketplace called Silk Road, which uh, some of you might know, some of you have no idea, but some of you might know what it is. You could Google it. Uh, it's a marketplace for the, the deep web, the dark web, where you could basically buy uh, lots of interesting stuff. And um, I was doing some business back then, and uh, I um, had some Bitcoin on there. And to be able to use that webpage you had to or use that marketplace you have to have bitcoin because it was all uh, you know every transaction was made on the bitcoin blockchain right and back then i think most people thought that bitcoin was anonymous uh, anonymous so they thought that was a good, good idea to use a public ledger for everything uh which is kind of fucked up <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 yeah it's, some really really weird and big uh, transaction happened there and and they, you you could buy and sell some uh, pretty serious stuff over there and it's all public which is insane anyway because of the fact that i had a wallet with bitcoin on there and i started reading about bitcoin and uh, started reading about mining right so i thought that well you know what why not just have uh, i had I had a, a a workstation and a laptop and uh, uh, basically, everywhere th- where I had a laptop, I, I started mining Bitcoin. I remember wait- going to the uh, uh, public library and uh, setting up a mining rig on all their uh, PCs. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wow! And uh, so, so, so I um, I made it quite a lot of Bitcoin doing that, but not a lot of money because Bitcoin was worth uh, nothing back then. But here, here's the, here's the, the 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 scary part, right? So um, Silk Road. Silk Road went, went down, I think in 11 or 12 or something like that. And I'm, I'm not sure about that. But Silk Road went down. But I still had a, a wallet with a quite significantly large amount of Bitcoin in today's value. That would be you know, an astronomical uh, sum of money. So what I did was like the days of Silk Road were, were, were over. I had no interest in, in Bitcoin as an investment. 
but I still had the Bitcoin. So I thought, you know, maybe at, at that time it was worth a maybe maybe a thousand bucks or something like that, right? So I thought, you know, it's, it's worth keeping, but I don't know what to do with it, right? So I printed a a paper wallet, right? And God, like I start, I'm kind of started sweating when I talk about this because I, I remember very vividly how I printed that paper wallet and put it in a drawer uh, in my in my desk, right? And uh, <clears throat> so me and my friends we were sitting around, we were you know partying, all that stuff, and somebody, right? So somebody wanted to rob a blunt, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we needed we needed filters, right? We needed to make a filter. So I'm like, well, you know, just take a take take a paper from from that from you know from drawer. And uh, so you know we had this paper and uh, started rolling, you know, filters with that one. And this kind of went on for quite some time. So I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure that we you know we we basically smoked up a couple of hundreds of of Bitcoin uh, back in the day. So if I I, I'm not sure if we we used whole, the whole paper, but it's it's uh, it might be somewhere, right? It might be somewhere. I'm I'm not sure. I've been searching for that paper wallet for maybe you know a couple of years, and like before, I kind of started waking up in the middle of the night, kind of sweating and uh, getting ideas of where it might be because I think uh, we had about yeah a couple of hundreds of Bitcoin on there, uh, which in Today's valuation is um, pretty insane. I, I think we need to call the Guinness Book of World Records because you might have smoked the most expensive joint ever here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, you, uh, maybe insane. you can do something with the, with that record, but it, it, I can understand <laughs> it was surely a moment that uh, turns your life around and, and makes you think about your past choices. Yeah, because when when that dude, uh, like when my coworker really introduced me to Bitcoin, uh, I'm like, "Fuck, man! I, I I know what this is. I think I think I know what Bitcoin is." Um, and and I started thinking, and I started going through my emails, and I'm like, "Holy shit! I I really do know what Bitcoin is, right?" You gotta remember, like it was maybe five years after that he introduced me to Bitcoin, and I just totally forgot about it, and I kind of started panicking when I when I saw the price of Bitcoin, because, you know, when he introduced me to Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin was at three or, or $4,000. So I did the calculations that I may, may, may have had like 300 uh, Bitcoin, which at, at that time were still, you know, 1,500,000 USD. So to be able to real like when I realized that somewhere I might have 1,500,000 thousand usd laying around and somewhere kind of made me panic so i i searched everywhere and uh when when bitcoin went up to twenty thousand, i had six million usd on the paper wallet and then i slowly started to realize that i, I probably smoked it all up so yeah it was a very, very hard thing to accept, like a very hard thing to accept. But I kind of took that as a, you know, I, I wanted to get that back, right? I wanted to kind of, you know, look at that as a learning experience and kind of karma or some shit like that. And uh, just, just move on.
look at that as 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 a, as a reason to kind of continue doing this because like if i have a wallet somewhere with with that that amount of bitcoin it means that it, it, it's possible right something in me told me that this this is it's definitely possible to to make something out of this market and look at bitcoin now it's at 60 60k so uh yeah, definitely. When you think it's over, when you think the run is over, like I thought back then when Bitcoin was at, you know, 5k because I've I've already lost on on the biggest bull run in my life. When it's all, I mean, that's more than 10k. That's that's more than 10k from, you know, where we are now. So I mean 10 10x, I mean. Yeah. So uh there, there's really a lesson there like when you think when you think the bull, mar- bull market is over and when the bull, bull run is over, there's always going to be like Bitcoin tends to really surprise you on what it can do. I, I think there is uh, two important lessons in there. Uh, the first one is that uh, paper profits aren't real profits um, mm. and they go up in air easily, uh, even though it's literal, uh, but also uh, that happens in trading. Uh, but the second one is that if you keep your hat down and learn from your, your past mistakes, um, you, you eventually come out better uh, because when you, you take losses or when there is a, a bad moment in your life, um, you can make choices. And sometimes it is to just leave it, take the loss and, and go on. And sometimes it's working harder, understanding better what you do, um, seeing opportunity. And I think you seize that opportunity quite well. Yeah, exactly. I think um, what, I, what I like that is, is you know, you, you learn from your mispa- mistakes and just like you learn from your mistakes in real life, uh, the, the, the best trader learns from the mistake in trading. So that's, I, I really like the parallel between, uh, you know, real life and trading. You know, successful trading is just like, you know trying to figure out and and improve in real life as well you know when you're journaling your trades you have a a loser and you journal that and and you ask yourself like is this a loser because i did not follow my rules or is this a loser because it just gets stopped out because you know you know just because the setup didn't work out so i think that that's that's as extremely important thing to do so just learn from your mistakes in real life and just like you would do in trading and I think you can improve in so many aspects uh, in your life. I would yes, almost right. end the show here because that, that's a brilliant final message. But <laughs> <laughs> we have I got so much more to talk about, man. Yeah, I got so yeah. much more. Tell us a little bit more about how your trading uh, evolved and how you came to the systems you use now. All right. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I, I started with the horizontal support and resistances. That's basically it. So, I started with, you know, looking for major uh, horizontal support and resistance levels, right? And the the, the first part of my trading journey uh, really started with the the break and retest strategy, right? And I would 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 use I would look at the daily and the four hour timeframes. I would look at the daily to find the levels. I would then um, look for, let's say, you know, a long example because I, I was mostly going long back then on all coins spot trading. So I find the you know daily levels, and when we have a break above that level, I'm looking for a four-hour open and close above the level to confirm that level as uh, broken. I look for clean breakouts. It needs to be a clean breakout, and what I mean by that is the uh, 
it, they, the, the candle that breaks the level needs to be a clean breakout and it, the whole candle kind of needs to go through the level and close above without any uh, wicks or whatever touching the level. So the, the retest that I'm going to buy is going to be the first retest on the four hour chart. So there's not going to be a, you know, a breakout and then immediate retest and then I'm going to buy the retest if you know what I mean. So it needs to be a clean breakout and it needs to be the first retest. So that's that's how I started, right? And yeah. then I started because, to... Because there is always like one retest before on a very low time frame, maybe the, yeah. the 15 minute or one hour. But um, from my experience, that level gets always retested on a higher time frame. So I, I can understand that. And this is maybe where newer traders get trapped well, they think that the one hour retest or the 15 minute retest uh, is done and they jump in and then eventually buy in higher while they could have yeah. got a better entry. Because if the, you know, that, 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 that first immediate retest on the 15 minute might be where you know, uh, new traders might put their stop loss below that retest, right? But it, it, it's probably going to look like that. I mean, if you look at the four hour, the, the actual you know, last high prior to the breakout will be lower than the 50 minute test so the 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 proper retest will probably retrace you know deeper and take out all all the stops below the low time frame retest if that makes sense i'd like to say that a trader is a you know confluence hunter right you're looking at the chart and you're looking at you're looking for areas where you have confluence between different indicators right and the levels on the chart where the confluence of your uh, indicators align, that's going to be the highest probability uh, area, most likely. So I started adding uh, moving averages, right? And I started adding the, the 21, the 55, and I think the 89, and some more based on the Fibonacci sequence, right? And basically what I was looking at on the, uh, you know, to add on that strategy is, Whenever you have the retest of that horizontal level, I look for that retest to happen on any of these moving averages, right? So if the 20 or, or, or back then the 21, but now I'm actually using the, the 20, the 50, the 100, and the 200, just even numbers. Yeah, yes, look for confluence on the, on, on the break and the retest with the uh, moving averages. And I find that that worked quite well. And I then started looking at the Fibonacci levels, right? So I added the, uh, you know, Fibonacci tool, the Fibonacci retracement tool into my toolbox. And I uh, wanted to see, you know, that extra layer of confluence with a Fibonacci level. So now we have the horizontal level as the base. And then I added the moving averages and then the Fibonacci uh, retracement uh, tool. And... Something else that I'd like to use is the Stochastics RSI. And the way I find out, found out about, about the Stochastics RSI is when I was trying to develop a scalping system, right? And I found that if you have a strong trend on like the five minute or the 50 minute, and you have the, uh, uh, the, the 20, the 50, and the 100 EMA, if they're nicely fanned out and you're getting bounces of the 20 or the 50 EMA, in an uptrend on like the best bounces uh, would be when the stochastics RSI was below 20 and you get a bull cross. So I started buying um, I, I added that part from the scalping system into my swing trading. 
So that would add an extra layer of confluence. So when you have the break and retest, if that retest happens at the same time as the stochastics RSI is below 20 or at least 30, that would add another layer of confluence. So now I have, you know, four, four layers of confluence I'm looking for. And then the last one I've added is uh, trend lines, right? So just basic trend lines. Uh, and if that area is confluent with the trend line as well, you now have four, uh, you have five out of five confluences. And I, lo I look to go long or, or take the trade if there's at least three out of five uh, confluences, right? So that, that, that's my rule. I never take a trade if, uh, if not at least three out of five of my indicators is, is confluence. And if five out of five is confluent, I might actually um, increase risk if there's, you know, a, if, if the bounce is confirmed, right? So if there's five out of five confluences and I, you know, zoom into the lower timeframes and I see a, um, you know, let's say that the trade is based on the daily and the four hour, but I see a very clear bullish break in market structure inside the, the buy zone on the 15 minute, I, I go in with sometimes maybe a little bit increased risk because you now have five out of five confluences and a confirmed bounce in the bottom on the 15 minutes. So everything used aligns. And those, in, in my opinion, that's the setup that has the highest probability of uh, working out. I, I think we have a quite similar system where we use moving averages, a stochastic RSI, and use trend trading principles and try to get in on that trend on these pullbacks. And yeah, but I think I think the difference between me, me and you, and, and because I've, I've been watching your, your subs and that stuff, I think you, it looks like you want to get in before the breakout, right? So if, if there's like a, a, a if, if price kind of bounces off the 20, Demand four hour with stochastics at the result prior to the breakout. You might want to go in at that level as well. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's a big difference in our systems. As long as there is some kind of a trend, um, even if it's below a level of interest where you know there is some resistance, um, especially in bull markets, I want to go in. Um, I think yeah. in bear markets, I wouldn't do that. Uh, but in bull mar markets, uh, at least the consolidation below some kind of resistance tends to break out. And when it breaks out, a lot of breakout traders come in and often it already hits my first target and I can de-risk some of that position. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've started started trading like that more now because, like, I, I learned how to trade in the bear market. So the break and retest in the bear market is, is uh, much, much safer. Uh, because if you have like a major, if you want to go long in a major downtrend, uh, you want to have extra confirmation. But now when you're in such a, a bullish market in, in that crypto is right now, everything's just, everything, every, everything's just breaking out. And uh, if you could get in prior to the breakout and then take some profits, like I said, at TP1, where most people would FOMO in, uh, you could, you know, exit uh you know exit if there's no confirmed retest and if there is a confirmed retest you can enter again right so i think i think in this market condition right now and that it's it's very obvious on bitcoin as well because 
in the beginning of this major bull run, when you had a massive, you know, four hour or daily breakout on Bitcoin, we never had a, a, a retest, right? So it just kept on going and formed this beautiful four hour trend after the daily breakout and with, without no retest. So I think in the market like this, it makes perfect sense to actually get in if you think it's breaking out, you know, if Bitcoin is looking bullish, uh, if it's in a, a local uptrend and it's kind of, you know, going from, you know, between support and resistance, it's all, you know, most likely going to hit that resistance. I think it makes absolute sense to get in prior to the breakout. Yeah. And I, I think you, you also tapped an important point where um, that, that context from a bull or bear market makes a setup different. Because in a bear market, you often have fake outs to the upside and you want confirmation that's a real breakout. Um, and in the bull market, you can see fake outs to the downside. And it, it gets interesting when that fake out re retakes a level uh, and yeah. you get confirmation that that buying pressure is there and the fake out below just traps some traders or, or has shaken some traders out. Um, so I think that's a very important point. Um, we already discussed a lot, but I, I would love to end uh, with some stories about your Forex trading. How yeah. did you start with Forex trading and what are your strategies in that market? All right. So uh, my my journey into the, the Forex market kind of started when we decided in the business to uh, uh, start offering uh, more analysis for the, the legacy markets. Right. So I had some interest of the, the Forex market. But I just saw the I saw the legacy markets and the forex market like a, a something completely different. Like I, I've learned to trade crypto, and forex is just way more advanced. It's just like I'm never going to be able to uh, do that one. Crypto is easy, and, and forex is just extremely hard. That was my first thought, right? But then I actually started applying the same stuff that I talked about in in crypto, and I applied that to forex, and I noticed that well, this is working, right? So pretty much exactly the same stuff that I'm using in crypto works very well in the Forex market. And what I like about the Forex market is the fact that you don't have to care about what Bitcoin is doing, right? So if you're a crypto trader, there's going to be a certain market condition when you should not be trading all coins to the long side. And there's even going to be some market condition. And, and this is obviously applicable if you're a trend trader, if you're a range trader, uh, different rules apply, but I'm a trend trader and I think most traders are. So if if Bitcoin is ranging, there's going to be a lot of sharpness. It's going to be very hard for a trend trader to uh, get in on a, a decent entry because crypto, I mean, Bitcoin can really, can really move quite, you know, show some weird price action inside the ranges and have some very you know, long wicks and just take out stops and it's just weird, right? So, you know, when when Bitcoin is, is trending, I like going long on Bitcoin, obviously. And when Bitcoin is ranging, I like trading all coins. And there's going to be scenarios where I'm just not that into trading all coins. And that's when I look to the forex market. So when the crypto market kind of goes quiet, when there's just no real volatility, when all coins are looking bearish and Bitcoin is ranging and there's just not much going on, which happens from time to time, just like these all coin windows happens from time to time. Uh, I look to the forex market and I love the fact that if I'm going long, uh, 
if I'm going long on one pair, it's not like I I don't have to like when going long an altcoin, I have to look at Bitcoin because if Bitcoin does anything, I'm gonna either either that altcoin is gonna pump or I'm just gonna get stopped out. And you don't really have that problem in the forex market. And the forex market moves much slower, right? So you're gonna have more time to react to the price movements. And uh, the only, I mean, the only big difference between crypto and forex is uh, uh, the news, right? How is uh, the news events uh, affecting uh, forex and that kind of stuff? And uh, I, I look at the, a, I have a economic calendar, right? I think I'm using the economic calendar on fxdaily.com and I look for major impact economic events for that day that I'm going to be trading. Usually I do my weekend, uh, my, my planning in the forest market. I'm doing that on, on Saturdays. And when doing the planning, I look at the economic calendar and look at what like what days uh, or what dates do we have these major events? And for example, if there's going to be a major news event for the USD on Monday, I'm just not going to take any trades on any USD pair on Monday. I'm going to be looking at the pairs where, for example, if, if AUD comes out with some major news at uh, Monday, Monday evening or Monday night, my time, I might trade the AUD uh, in the morning you know, Monday morning and try to get in on a position so that I could, you know, move my stops to entry or secure the position when the major news event comes, because that could add some uh, uh, volatility, which could take out my trade or, you know, you, you never know, right? So I'm, I'm just not a effort trader. I'm a 100% TA trader. So I need to know when do we have the major news events to, uh, because I don't want any news to come in and, and just uh, take out my whole uh, TA setup, right? So I think that that's that's a really cool uh, thing about the about the forex market. And if you're a crypto trader and forex market, you can really you know switch between the markets, right? When crypto isn't really giving you the setups that you're looking for, look at the forex market because I think there's like there's almost always going to be a trade in the forex market, right? Um, obviously not you know all the time, but but I I have the from my experience, I see that there is just, I think when crypto is, 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 is boring, there's definitely always some type of setup uh, in the Forex market. And, and honestly, I use the, the same TA in crypto and in Forex, but in, in Forex, when, when looking at the, uh, like when I, I kind of go one, one time frame higher. Um, so when looking at the the daily chart in the forex market, that kind of feels like looking at the um, at the weekly chart in in uh, crypto because crypto moves much faster. And for example, I can't do my crypto planning once on the weekend because if I do my crypto planning on the weekend on Saturday. Maybe on Monday or Tuesday, I have to make a new plan because the market structure could be completely different in you know two or three days. While in the forex market, there's not going to be that huge difference in, in in two and three days, right? So I do feel like swing trading the forex market is is much easier than the crypto market because stuff can really change, and you, you have to be very very adaptable as a crypto trader. 
because a lot of stuff can really happen with Bitcoin and, and Bitcoin's price action to really take out any altcoin setup. So you have to be, uh, in my opinion, as a you know short to medium time frame trader in the crypto market, you need to be um, you know very quick to adapt. While in the forex market, you you, you can it, it can take a little bit more time, right? I think yeah. that kind of sums it up. Traditional markets are often much slower and less volatile. Um, that means also that on Forex, you often use more leverage to uh, get a bigger position so you can capitalize on smaller price changes. Um, yeah. But in, in, in general, I, I, crypto moves very fast because it's, uh, it's a new market. And uh, that's, of course, the interesting feature of this market. When I talk about moving slower, I'm not really talking about, you know, specifically uh, uh, not, not the percentage moves, right? I'm, I'm more looking at the market structure. So how, how quickly could a four-hour uh, trend develop in the, the crypto market as compared to the, to the Forex market? Usually you will see that the, uh, the time span of a trend is, can be a bit tighter in the crypto market, but in the Forex market, a four-hour, a nice four-hour trend could span over the course of, you know, a week, while in the crypto market, it might be a nice, you know, on, on Bitcoin, for example, you have a nice uh, four-hour trend for maybe, you know, a, a week or something like that, or a couple of days, while in the, in the Forex market, you could have multiple weeks with, with that type of uh, market structure. So... I, I only really care, you know, in trading, uh, as all traders should, you, you only really care about the, the risk to reward ratio and not really the percentage gain. So like you said, in the, in the forex market, you have uh, quite high leverage. Uh, you could have up to 100x leverage. So your whole account is, uh, is margin up to 100x, uh, right? Which obviously uh, you can, which means you can uh, enter uh, very big and large positions so that a, you know, half a percent move uh, will will make you money, and usually the the trades I'm looking at in the forex market is somewhere between, you know, somewhere between three and uh, three and six R. So um, it's 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 kind of like the risk to reward on my trades in the forex market and the, the crypto market is quite similar, honestly. So I'd say the uh, right now the returns are similar, but uh, the the cool thing about crypto is you know when when Bitcoin is this bullish, you can hold a quite significant amount of Bitcoin while also, you know, trading to increase that Bitcoin holding, which kind of, you know, increases your profits that way. And it's not like you're going to be, you know, holding USD and trading to make more USD or something like that. It's it's um, that that's a bit different in in crypto. Yeah, and it, it's always important to size your position correctly. And if you know how to do that, you, you can put on as much leverage as you like yeah. uh, because you understand that it's always relative to a account size. Yeah, so a lot of people ask me about, you know, how I can make money on a 1% move in, in, in the forest market. And, you know, the, the answer is leverage. And then they say, like, well, isn't 100x or, or 5th x leverage dangerous? And it, it is, of course, if you go all in and risk everything on, on one trade, you're going to be losing everything most likely uh, very, very shortly. But, I mean, the way I use leverage is I use it as a risk management tool, right? So um, I, I, if you have... 
if you if you want to have like if you want to enter a position spot with 100k right you want to buy a spot position with 100k usd but you don't want to have 100k usd on your trading account so you can transfer over you know 10k usd to your trading account and use 10x leverage that would be the same uh, the same trading position and as long as you uh, uh, you know as long as your stop loss is you know in such a position where you're not going to lose uh, more than your desired risk you're, you're okay with using as much leverage as you want obviously so in my in my in my opinion leverage for me is not used to make more money it's used to uh risk less money if that makes sense to, yeah to... it does make sense yeah. absolutely Thank you for uh, your your great story and amazing trade tips you you dropped during this uh, this Nest show. We always ask our guests to give us some final thoughts or some final tips on trading. What would your final thoughts be? Oh, there's so much so so much I want to say. Um, when you look at all right, so technicals TA. If you want to learn TA, keep it simple. Too much indicators on the chart is not going to help you. It's going to decrease your win rate most likely. Keep it simple. As few indicators as possible. And focus on horizontal levels and price action. And add only the indicators that you know and make sense to you. TA is not the number one focus of traders. Uh, The trading psychology and the journaling aspect of trading should be your number one priority take care of yourself your mental health and your physical health and journal everything if you make a mistake it's not going to be a mistake if you learn from it a failure is only a failure if you don't learn from the mistake journal everything look at your trades why did you win and why did you lose i promise you 100 if you do this you are going to be successful Wow, that's uh, some good advice over there. Um, if the listeners want to learn more about you, which social media can they reach? Go to thebirdnest.com and join the free trial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's always a good thing. Join the yeah. free trial. But uh, I know you also have a great Twitter account and maybe even your YouTube. So um, yeah, I'm on, how can I'm they find on, you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at libs42. So it's L I B Z forty-two, and I have a I have a YouTube channel too uh, with the same name. But honestly, I'm not I'm not that active on YouTube because I I, I want to uh, you know pr- provide as much content as possible for the Nest team, uh, or I mean for the members of the Nest Club. So the the YouTube is not that active. It's uh, most of my video content is produced inside the uh, the Nest Club. Okay, thank you for being on the show and sharing your great story. Thank you for your honesty. And I see you in the bird nest. Yeah, thank you, man. Take care. Have a good day. Radix is the first layer one protocol built specifically to serve DeFi. More information at theburpnest.com slash Radix. Globe is a crypto derivatives exchange offering up to 100 times leverage on crypto and DeFi perpetual contracts with Bitcoin collateral. Sign up today at theburpnest.com slash globe. How do is the social blockchain powering the decentralized social apps of the future? 
For more information, visit theburbness.com slash how do. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbness.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at theburbness.com slash discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at thebirdnest.com slash bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestro at thebirdnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you, and trade on.